The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Buenos dias a toda mi gente. Welcome to another episode of Shaggin' Flies. As always, we are bringing you a wonderful, eclectic, zigzagging conversation this week with Patrick Ellington, who is currently writing for Uncultured and whose work has appeared at Baseball Prospectus and Overtime Heroics. He also hosts the Pinch Talk podcast and does coverage of the high A Lake County captains in the Cleveland organization. Just like we anticipated, Patrick is an incredibly cool dude, and we had a great conversation going in between Cleveland and Allison Chains and Michael Mann and Joakim Noah and Sade and CC Sabathia and Minor League Baseball and, of course, one of my personal favorite pastimes, hating on Kurt Schilling. So, without any more jawing off, here we go with episode 15 of Shag and Flies featuring the one and only Patrick Ellington. Um, yeah, man. You like must pay attention enough to me. Pay attention enough to me to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, to have me on the show, and that that means a lot. I'm, I'm really flattered to be here. You know, I'm just kind of shocked right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. You've come up. You've come up pretty pretty fast lately. So, um, before we 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 were gonna ask you about that first of all, but uh, before we get to any of that, okay. um, I don't actually know like where where you are right now. My impression is that you're an Ohio guy in in that area. Um, as a, as yeah, a um, I'm from, so um, I'm currently in Cleveland on the east side of Cleveland. Um, okay, we're... Uh, I was born in Cleveland uh, in 1998. Um, I'm 22 years old. I turn 23 next week. Um, Happy early birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and then it wasn't just Cleveland. Um, Youngstown, Ohio was formulated in my life because that's where hmm. most of my family is. Wow. Um, okay. My mother's family moved to Youngstown in the 1950s, and my father's side moved in the 1970s. So my family has long standing ties to Youngstown, and my father's still there right now while my mom is in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Cleveland right now. I'm in action on the west side of a friend's house recording this. So. Oh, oh nice. cool. Nice. I've never spent much. I always felt like Cleveland gets kind of like a bad rap from from the rest of the country. It's always yeah. like the butt of jokes and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. like I've driven through, I've driven through Cleveland and Youngstown many times um, 
on I-80 on the south side and in Youngstown and then taking 90 up through through New York. And I would always drive up. I don't I mean, I'm sure you've done it. You're on the interstate up there driving past. Uh, it, is it still Progressive Field? No, I can never keep track of the, the name. Yeah, changes, yeah, but, um, it is. Yeah, and you're driving up through like kind of downtown Cleveland, and I always remember just looking around and being like, "Yo, like, why are people always talking smack about like it's like it seems like an okay place?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never um, been, but it sounds cool. <laughs> well, Cleveland has pros and cons, like New York City. Um, it's just about the jokes and uh, kind of rightfully so for some of the things, in my opinion, based on how things are. Um, but that's not another story for another day, honestly. Um, but. Yeah. Where are you guys from? Oh, well, I I am a uh, resident Marylander, born and raised. I, I live just outside of Annapolis, Maryland. So been there all my life, as has my family since like the 1800s. So uh, and probably further back. I just can't find the records. <laughs> but yeah, we've, we've been here forever. Yeah. And uh, I'm on the south side of Chicago in my parents' house just as their parents were on the south side of Chicago. Been here for a long time, too. <laughs> so uh, We never yeah. leave our hometowns. Never. <laughs> we're stuck forever. Just kidding. No, um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I've always kind of wondered, actually, it, it, now I'm, I'm thinking about it. What, where does the, why does Cleveland get so much crap? Like, where does that originate? Where, where does the, the whole, like, cleveland sucks thing like where does that come from it just it seems really random to me to like for some reason the entire country has just been like yeah that city in the midwest it sucks for like no reason it's like it's like we were just like yeah springfield illinois the worst for some reason you know just it's really weird to me i feel like there's got to be some origin to it and i have no idea what it is like do you i'm i'm this is an open question do you guys know because i have no clue <laughs> I have no clue either. I'm not sure, but I mean, it's so bizarre. Most of it is read... funny. Yeah. Uh, there's, there is a, there is a magazine article called "The Man Who Made Cleveland a National Joke." Okay, I'll stick this. I'll stick this notes. Oh. But uh, okay. Uh, anyhow, so no, you, curious. all right? Yeah, I'll do yeah, some. I'll do was... some off mic reading on that because, <laughs> yeah, seriously, hey, we love talking about cities on here. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Let's talk about your writing for a brief moment then. Um, how, so you started writing for Unculture recently. You've got your, your stuff at, at Baseball Pro. I've read and really enjoyed your, um, your black baseball players you need to know, um, MLB minor league players. So I'm just curious, how did you get into writing? How did you start? Is that you know something you were always doing? Or um, what inspired all this? So um, I want to know, I want to be a writer since I was about, I say about 12 years old. Well, for me, starting out as, um, as a novelist and an author, um, fiction. Um, that's when I knew I wanted to be at 12. And then as I got older, it included screenwriting and then film directing. Mm. And then um, I started writing baseball articles. Um, my first article I published was in 2019 when T.C. Sabathia was going to retire. Mm-hmm. And that was because T.C. Sabathia was my first ever player growing up in Cleveland. Black pitcher, oh, won a Cy Young Award. I was I was nine years old when you won the Cy Young Award in two thousand seven. That was that was a big deal for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Growing up in Cleveland, growing up in Cleveland, for me, I had issues about the LeBron James. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the best anybody can ever say in 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 the history of the city. Honestly, 
That's... And that, that was just a joy for me. Um, so I'm just so happy to have it. Did you watch the uh, the CC documentary that he did? I haven't seen it yet, no. No, it's really good. Ben, have you seen that? No. I am unaware of it. I didn't know the thing. It's, what, what it's is it? super. Yeah, he you know he's self. It's like a self-produced documentary he did for I think like HBO, HBO Max, or one of one of those joints. And he, huh. uh, no, he just it's like just his life story talking about how like you know growing up in California and like it's just his life and, and like that. And it's super interesting. He also talks really really upfront about like dealing with the alcohol issues. Um, Wow. And some of the stuff that he dealt with later in his career, and it's really uh, he does an incredible job. He seems like such a. I love his podcast too, R two C two. Um, even though I'll have to mm-hmm. delete that plug. We don't. We don't do plugs. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, no. He, he do... seems like a really, a really. really I think good, we you know, we can plug CC Sabathia. We'll make an exception for CC Sabathia. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, a lot no, of no, people, that's... um, you know, a lot of people I know who um who cover the minors and cover the indie organization and stuff like that say he's a really nice guy. So a lot of the writers I know so around a long, a long time almost longer than i've been alive so they were kind of counts as well so basically good thing about cc that's awesome um so i'm curious so zach mentioned the um the article series you've been doing the uh black players that you need to know and i'm curious what kind of yeah. inspired you to uh to start doing that article series so the cc kind of accepts the groundwork of that just because i kind of mentioned um having someone that looked like me a starting pitcher at that a young winning starting pitcher black american pitcher um that that was a milestone so i kind of set the precedent but um black players need to know about articles started just because i want to do something during black history month right quick just to celebrate some guys and it kind of grew into a series where i can just um give you guys some visibility to celebrate them and maybe give some people that don't really care about baseball that i know some info on some black players and make give them some attention to the game from not just black Americans but black players from, from all over the diaspora because they exist in baseball. Word, yeah, that's dope. Um, I see so you've been doing so you've been doing interviews and stuff now too. You've kind of stepped all the way up to um, actually talking to players and stuff. I really, I, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed your. Um, oh, oh, oh shoot! Oh He's no, gone. <laughs> we lost him. We'll fill the void. All right, back. my bad, you guys. My fault. No, no all good. You good. Um, so, no, I saw, I, I watched your video, your interview with DJ Gladden, which is super great. And some of your, the one you did with um, Randy Wilkins, which is also really cool. But is there, do you have any, favorite people that you've talked to or interviewed or just gotten to interact with um through your time doing some of this now um so just give you the insight on how it happened um and mm. kind of and trace my steps with that what oh, happened yeah. after that and actually you know what? i was just gonna give you my whole kind of career so far yeah, absolutely please do. Roll it out. please do please do i want to hear it okay cool 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 so um it was it was actually um December thirty first, January first. Um Shakia Taylor reached out to me and said, Hey, hi Pat. My name is Shakia Taylor. I looked at your black baseball player articles. I passed them on to Jen Ramos at Baseball Receptors. They said they're gonna pass um the articles on to somebody else. And 
this is a set of those two on record um, because they basically got me to here. They kind of put me on a fast track, I guess. Um, that's yeah. really dope just because just with that one thing they did and it kind of got me started. And and just to do it off something that started, it was a hobby for me also was great. And I'm just I'm happy and really just happy to be here and see how it, how um, my skills are manifested also um, how my opportunities manifested. So after I did that, um, I started working with Overtime Heroics, um, just off my Black Race Bear articles. And I did 14 articles for them on the Indians. I covered the Indians for a couple months. And it's funny, like the second article I did was the Lindor trade. <laughs> no. And that was just on. that was that was that was just fucking garbage and I, I was about to cut <laughs> I was about to I was about to ask how did you feel about that trade? But I can't uh, hear you guys like Oh sorry, can you hear me? My Wi Fi is like Yeah, I can't hear you with my Wi Fi is just that trash. That's hey, welcome right. back. Yeah. Back from the Lazarus pit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, what we were saying. Oh, Anyways, right. Your, your career. So, um, um, yeah. yeah, your article got passed on baseball prospectus. You did the Francisco Lindor trade. Yeah. Oh, without so. heroics. Yeah. Okay. So, I did the um, I did the the article on the Francisco Lindor trade. Um, and I liked my stance on it. I put it out, and then I kind of pumped over a couple months period over some heroics, and I left. Just got just because I had opportunities, but eventually I got in contact with the editor of Baseball Perspective, um, Craig Go Goldstein, and um, I did the preview, planning planning percentiles preview article for the Cleveland baseball team um, for Baseball Perspective for 2021 season, um, and that was really cool. That was nice to have on the bottom on a major thing like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I expanded my Black Baseball Play articles from just. Black players for direct diaspora in the major leagues include ones in minor leagues also. And that has about seven or seven. No, that has about six entries in so far. My black and blue player series has twenty six. I think I can't. I was remember. just looking um, at uh, Class A and it was twenty five, but I don't know which ones were since then. Twenty five. That was what Class A was. That's the one I have open in my uh, my background right, right now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, that makes sense. All right. So it's, it's dope. I'm I'm gonna continue to do that series on its own, but also the Go Ready Club Lost Conversation series. Um, well, actually, I'll 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 backtrack. The Black Baseball players you need to know about series. They really kind of got me all my opportunities, just because there's so much there that shows who I am as a writer. Oh yeah, sure. Just with my technical aspect and and delving into the backgrounds of the players. Um. So, and then um. As my other assignments grew, where I was doing com- a bit of commentary and trade analysis and everything like that, so there also that factor got got included in there. So after that, um, I got the opportunity at Wooden Culture that happened. I got the opportunity to cover the Indians High affiliate for Indies Way Insider that happened at the same time, also before um, the kind of the season was announced. Um, so that was just a lot, by the way, for that. Um and also shout out Ken Allison at Overtime of Rhodes Baseball. Um and also um but just just to go over everything. So after that, uh what happened? 
after that, um, after I got with Unculture, uh, I did a couple articles. We, just, we decided we to do some bi-weekly stuff. And then when they, one day when I was talking with my editor, we just said, how could we take the, the Black Place of Player Series articles and kind of spruce it up and do something more with it? Because there's a lot there that we can do with that. And we just kind of zoned upon the interview thing. And we were like, okay, we're going to take a home run swing with this. Um, I put in a call to Jen Ramos, who has been there for me a lot. They've given me a lot of connections and uh, a lot of their connections uh, deep in baseball. They're the uh, R&D for, uh, for uh, baseball respectives. So shout out to them. Um, but Yeah, I talked to, I talked to Jen yeah, so, briefly earlier this year. They seem really cool, although I don't okay. know them very well. Yeah, so I got, I got on culture, um, and then they got me in contact with Justin Lewis. Um, uh, they got me in contact with Justin Lewis. Um, a picture in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization for Atlanta, Georgia, and it started from there. And then, um, what happened? Second interview. Okay, second interview. Scott, what was the second interview? Second interview with DJ Gladney, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. That sounds like man, that's a whole lot of things to happen in such a short period of time. That's yeah. Uh, that's it, gotta be like I'm still trying to recall it right now because it's yeah. like a whirlwind for me. Oh my um, god, I can imagine it's kind of like kinda, you know all of it just yeah, happens at once. It's hard to recall that time just because when you're in the middle of things. Like I just had to cover two games over the weekend. So yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, tell me about that a little bit. How is so? You're are you doing like a daily beat on the minor leagues? I see you tweeting about it a lot. Um, but but tell me about that. What's the what's your deal there? So um, we got three guys on the Indians baseball inside our roster that's covering Lake County. So we we divide the homestand games up by th- by third. So we only, I only get to go to two games for homestand this year, just because there's three of us on the beat. Um, so I'm only going to be there like four four times a month, maybe. Because of my um, internship and me um, doing that yeah. and kind of getting into this. And by the way, um, I didn't go to college in communications for journalism or anything like that. I went to college for um, film production and screenwriting. Mm. Oh, oh, well, you so, know what? That makes sense since you were saying earlier that you were kind of into writing novels and screenplays. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, how did right. you how did you kind of make the jump then from? You know, it sounds like you kind of had figured, your yeah. your head set on like I'm going to write screenplays and do film, and then to kind of go into baseball journalism as like where you are now. How did you kind of make that jump? Honestly, I, I believe I'm a bit of a writer if I can understand the structure and um, the norms of a medium. I can I can do it. Um, I write comic books. I write short stories. I write novels. I write screenplays. Um, I write. Uh, Featured with screenplays, actually. Um, and then the article thing was just—it was easy to me because I understand I understood structure. Because screenplay is all about right. structure and rhythm and pace. Because you only because you got the one page per minute thing and all that stuff in yep. there too. And yep. also the three-part action, the three-part structure, the three um, three act plot structure, structure yep. everything yep. like that. And then you got the other ones also. Um, the whether they be the other traditional ones or the other abstract ones, but I mean, it's it's very similar. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a good writer, you're gonna be able to make the adjustment. And I feel like I'm a good writer. And I made the adjustment, mm-hmm. and my work speaks for itself so far. And 
that's why I'm kind of yeah. here today. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, and I feel like and, I feel like you know, writing after writing a whole screenplay or like a novel, that's a lot of writing to then like pivot to like you, you know an 800 word article. You know, <laughs> it must be it must feel. I mean, I wouldn't put it that way. It, but it, but it's different because you're not just sure. writing fiction. That's straight out to the the back of your mind. You gotta yeah use your eyes and stack in the stats and everything. To yeah, there's analysis involved. That's a good point. No, that's a good point. Yeah, but I like right. to think that all no, it's, it's like a bit all different. Mm-hmm. When it comes to ri- actually the writing, though, the writing there's there, there's basic rules that that carry over no matter what yeah. that you can use to your advantage. If yeah. you're going to send it here, you're going to send it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that just, makes sense. you're kind of, I don't know. I'd like to think, just, oh, go ahead. It's just understanding the rules and the medium that you're, that you're writing in or, or whatever, or acting in or like, yeah. Um, actor isn't going to act the same on stage as he is uh, in front of a camera. So. Hmm. It's going to be different. Yeah. No, that right. Makes sense. Yeah. That makes it's sense. Like, yeah. If it's like you're using the same parts of your brain, but in some different ways, I'd like to think, I've considered in like then as I grew older, I found myself being more interested in branching out into like other elements of not even like screenwriting or or script writing or novels or anything like that, but other just like whether it's visual arts or music and stuff like that. I kind of feel like uh, creative. I don't know. I, I'd have to develop this thought third or further, but I think the creative juices all kind of flow in the same direction. It's just about finding. Yeah finding ways to fit them within the boundaries of whatever particular medium you're, you're using it. Any, uh, at Oh any yeah. I, I am. When it comes to creative stuff, I am a firm believer in you should make the thing that you, that not that you think you should make, but the thing that you have to make, like the thing that you feel like whatever the genre, whatever type of art that may be, whatever you're creating, it should be something that you feel like you have to do that. It's like, it's in you and you need to let it out. Those are the best things. The, you can manufacture an article or some kind of any kind of art. You know, if you're a musician, you can create a song if you have to. But the best stuff is the stuff that you just have to make because it's just it's in you to make it. Whether no matter what branch of your creative endeavor that may be. But um, so I'm I'm curious. So Pat, I'm very curious. Your Twitter handle. <laughs> is at tangible underscore uno for anybody who would like to follow you on Twitter. And I'm very curious, where does that username come from? I love Twitter um, backstories. So, <laughs> so um, my original Twitter account, Captain uh, Video, got suspended because um, there's some security laptops running on Kershilling. Mm. Then again, to a uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, let me, um, let me tell you, I know something about pissing off Kershilling. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? I didn't hear you. I wrote, no, I had, um, back in November, I wrote an article for Pitcher List about why Kurt Schilling should not be in the Hall of Fame. And I think, and like, Mike Petriello, like, picked it up and, and tweeted it out. And I still, I still get emails now from people commenting on it, you know, with, uh, um, you can, you can imagine the, yeah, that was like your first article on Pitcher List, too. That was like it? my first, it was like one of my first non strictly analytical articles yeah. i was here for all last summer but um oh yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah that was like but, yeah and yeah it was just this the God, response so, to it was what you can expect which was a lot of people yes. saying he's absolutely right and then a small handful of people saying this guy should die like it just was this hatred 
It's so uh, oh sorry, sorry. Is it still really that, getting yeah. comments though? Oh, I still get. E- I, I don't know. Since we, I guess we have the option to close comments now. But um, yeah, I, I still for like a very regularly every week or two would still get you know some you know you know you know sorry to interrupt yes that happens uh, yeah, uh, yeah. we we talk a little too much shit to kurt Schilling, and we get ourselves suspended you know <laughs> right that happens <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it, 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 it is what it is but um <laughs> tangible underscore you know um this real one and they're really uncreative way or yeah simple as best sometimes yeah um, yeah so, so um, yeah that, that that's that Actually, and they and they actually gave me Captain Video back, actually. But now <laughs> Tangible Uno is, has a larger following than Captain Video, yeah, so now no. Captain Video is a backup. So I mean, so I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm winning right now. I, I'm winning right now. <laughs> Valid. Um, speaking of Twitter, uh, I guess we'll we t- we usually kind of veer back and forth between like baseball related stuff and completely inane random stuff. Uh, just speaking on Twitter, uh, you tweet a lot about music too. You like tweeting screenshots of what you're listening to. Uh, so I'm yeah. just curious, what have you been what have you been listening to a lot lately? Um, I've been listening to a lot of Aston Chance lately. Let's say Alice Chance like every every day. A lot of what, um, sir? They're my favorite band and Alice and Chance. Oh, we're Alice and Chance, very nice. I haven't listened to them in a minute. But... It's been same here. Yeah, it's they're been one a while. Of my, yeah, they're one of my favorite bands. Um, so uh, I, I like... listen to them a lot on a daily. I always got caught up. Pardon? I feel like in just how sad this story of of um, Lane Staley, Lane Staley, Lane, yeah, yeah, Lane Staley, yeah. But, no, they're dude. They're like, um, what's that album? Dirt, Dirt's Dirt is an incredible. Album. I have the greatest hits album, and it comes on my shuffle a lot. It's yeah. Um, yeah. What do you like about no, that? That's that's one man. I really need the albums in the nineties. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, as it should be. That's 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 a band I really need to get back. I don't see Dan. I don't see Facelift and Dirt are two of the best. Or some of the mm. best albums in the nineties. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh, we got to get you on here with. Um, but I, I'm biased. We had a good conversation with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh my god. But yeah, um, I mean, as far as um bands go, my favorite bands bands are probably Austin Chains, Tool, uh, Steely Dan. Um, love the steely dan well, shout uh, out uh pantera pantera's um, great man well, some great choices metallica um megadeth so you're so you're kind of like into some of the heavier stuff a bit you're kind of uh yeah i mean I, i'm into everything um i'm actually play. i play the electric guitar and electric bass so, um, <gasps> that's awesome i'm kind of I'm, I'm very eclectic what kind yeah, of guitar do you have so um i have a jazz background so Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, that's awesome. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of electric guitar yeah. do you have? Um, I actually don't have any right now. But when I did, I had a I had a triple black strat. As far as bases go, I just yeah. And as far as the bases go, I had a um just just generic black bass guitar that sounded really yeah. good, had really good tone, so I kept it real sturdy. Mm. Just I don't know, it's some awesome. got it for me or something. Mm. That's awesome. Oh man, triple black strat. Oh, that sounds so sweet. Yeah. I love black that, man. I do love a good strat. That's I a long time ago when I first started playing guitar, I decided to make my bed in the Les Paul area of guitar. Mm. And that's that was my first real guitar. And then I ended up getting a Gretsch as like a hollow body, and I've never really gotten another electric since. I've always wanted to go get a strat mm. sometime because man, just some songs. Strats just sounds so good. Oh, 
they're so nice. I was pretty, um, I'm, I'm about to pick up a fretless bass sooner or later. I think I want to uh, oh, get into that. Yeah. Try that. Nice. That's fretless is, fretless is, is tough, but it sounds oh, so good. I, I don't have it in my room with me, but I took the first bass I ever had was, um, I had just like a crappy Squire. Um, it's like a, I don't remember where it's from, but once I, I eventually upgraded as like a birthday present, I have, um, a nice, um, jazz bass and so i just had this other one sitting around for a while and what i ended up doing was um i de-stringed it and pulled out all of the frets and like you know filled it with putty and sanded it up and and made a very very janky homemade fretless bass that sounded like not <laughs> quite like a fretless bass because i was really bad and rough with it you know but it was like it was a unique I, anyway fretless bass super, super cool. yeah they're great they're great <laughs> um you also so you also tweet a lot about anime and manga which i'm kind of curious about because yeah. i watch some i've watched like some of the classic stuff as far as anime goes like you know the the full metal alchemist like grew up on naruto dbz um but like i'm not and a lot of my friends are really really into it i'm not particularly but i see you tweeting about it a lot so i'm just curious what some of your favorites are and what it is about the the medium that you enjoy or um what it is that speaks to you um, my favorite manga are um, Heat, Sanctuary, um, Monster. Oh. oh, I think we lost you. I can't hear you. You are muted. Uh oh. No, can you? Oh, there we go. Okay, hey, hey, welcome back. <laughs> Did your AirPods die? I had a feeling that was probably it. Um, no, I just I closed the thing. Oh, I got you. Something. Oh, I don't know what I did. But... <laughs> All good. So, anyways, we left off. You were uh, naming some of your favorite manga. Manga. Okay, I, yeah. This is an area I know yeah. literally nothing about. So, okay. you know, Fair enough. go for it. Oh, yeah, please tell honest. me more. I forgot about Baku Amarato. That's um, the legal manga. So I like the legal manga, Sinan. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just, I just break down my preferences. I prefer Sinan manga over Shonen, mostly like the popular mm -hmm. Shonen we grew up on. Um, I like Sinan more now just because of the psychological depth and the more mature things and the more blurred lines of the characters and the gray areas are more emphasized. And you see, um, it's just different also. Like um, Sanctuary and the other, the other, um, Manga by uh, the writer Bronson and the artist Rao uh, Ichigami. Um, it's kind of Nori and Pulpish. It's kind of American influence. Mm -hmm. Like, think of John Woo and Johnny Tum movies, but in manga form, 10 years before, or right at the same time. Like, literally, that's what they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and that kind of, and then, so my manga taste, my taste in manga anime really intersects with my taste in movies and TV. So, Hmm. Interesting. And fiction. That makes a lot of sense. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. What is your taste yeah. in movies, TV, in that case? Um, I like um crime, uh, nor um ah, that's favorite. really compelling to me to use that genre to um create compelling narratives about various things and to comment, you can do commentary on social, social commentary also. Yeah. Do you have a uh, Do you have a favorite film noir? I'm always looking for no new film noir films. I feel like noir film will have to be probably um, mental. 
Ah, yeah, great choice. Mm-hmm. Memento is oh, what a great movie. One of my favorites ever. Like, well, well actually, actually, I'll, I'll backtrack. My favorite film, our movie, this counts. It would be Heat by Michael Mann. Oh, that's, that's another good. You know what? That's one that's my, I watched that's my favorite a movie of all time. Ago. Oh, really? See, mm-hmm. I that's a movie yeah. I watched a long time ago, and I need to rewatch it because I did not appreciate it. At I was like sixteen, and there's I there's no way I would appreciate it differently now. I think I need to see that again because. I came yeah, away from it being like, oh, that was cool. Movie. It was ahead of its time. Yeah. It was ahead of its time. It was 20 years ahead of its time. That's awesome. Yeah, I need that's I'm gonna yeah. you've inspired me. I'm gonna rewatch it soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna gonna just, like, just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you something else that's gonna make you really wanna watch it. Yeah. All, everybody on that film, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, um what's his name? Um what's his face? Uh, oh, Val Kilmer. Um, Val, Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well, okay, everybody, the police are officers and robbers. They train with actual firearms, like really? three, four months before the film, before they did start even doing um stuff by on oh, on wow. camera. Like they were doing the maneuvers for the different choreography for the huh. different scenes with compounds they created and stuff like that. Also, <sighs> like he had them, he had the robbers singing like robbers, and he had the cops singing like cops. And That's to give awesome. you how in depth Michael Mann is, because. He's also my favorite film director, and I'm I've figured, I've seen myself as I'm like my disciple. What I want to do as a film mm-hmm. director with the precision and what he does and the genres he's in. Um, for you ever seen Thief with James Caan? Um. Oh, when, oh, Thief! Yes, Thief is really good. Yeah. Do you, Love. Or Thief. do you know the story that when? Do you know the story that? The the consultant he had on that film was a person that was a bank robber on the FBI's most wanted list. Really, I did not know that. Yes, and there wow. was a book, but the book it was like very limited print. It was like two hundred dollar book, and I might ask when I'm five members to buy it for my birthday. But um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Michael Mann is very hands on. Like he he was like for um when he did the Miami Vice reboot with Jimmy Fox and um what's his face um. What's I know you're talking about. Uh, I forget his name. Oh man, oh, I'm forgetting everybody's name today. This is embarrassing as a film person. We can we can find it out. Oh please, there's so much uh, to remember. I can we'll we'll find out in five seconds. Four, three. Oh, uh, um, I'm Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. 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 Um, they stay, he stays like a drug rate. He stays his drug rate for them to get like to, he like he, he faked. He he made them think they were getting involved in the in the drug raid walk in. Like they were gonna like kids would train with police officers to ride around in police cars and stuff. He he made yeah. them think that they were gonna actually be a part of a drug raid. So Whoa. When they were training for police nice. roles. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's one of those. Yeah, he's he's like he did one of uh one of my favorite murder mysteries, or I guess it's a more of a serial killer film. Uh the um the sort of Precursor to Silence Man of the Lambs, Manhunter. Yeah, Manhunter. Yeah, brilliant yeah, movie. I've it's, seen it. I think. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's it's an earlier one. Mm-hmm. It's really really good. Yeah, it is. It's um, I mean, like, but you can still like, see his genius in. Like, oh yeah, like, you gotta watch. Yeah, all the films are must watch films just to understand who he is as a director and yeah, um, yeah. how he also writes his films because he writes all his movies too, and that's really great. And how he kind of considers each thing when he writes everything. Yeah, no, he's done some. Yeah, Thief, Manhunter, um, Heat, 
uh, Last of the Mohicans. Insider. Really one. Insider's really good. Yeah. Oh, he's, that's a great Public Enemy. Public Enemies, oh, yeah. Oh, public man. Enemies, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at his film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he he, the, oh, okay. Yeah, he's done some great movies. He's uh, That's and, that's a great choice. And he has greatest um, shootout of all time, too. I'll, I'll put that on everything. Which one? He has the greatest shootout oh, of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I need to rewatch. I need to figure out where that's streaming because I really need to rewatch that. But anyways, um, let's, let's move forward. We want to start talking a little bit about baseball. Um, okay. You know, why, why would we talk about baseball? Why that's silly. Um, <laughs> but the kind of the main question of this podcast that we ask everybody is we want to know, why do you love baseball? What is it? But there are a lot of sports out there. You know, you could be a football, big football fan or basketball or, you know, whatever. But what is it about baseball specifically that really draws you in that that you love about that sport? Um, baseball is a chaotic sport where you have guys that are only succeeding 200 to 20 to 30% of the time at, at best, maybe 40 or 50 if you're yeah. a generational player and that. They're, yeah, you guys are superhuman, basically. I mean, these guys are at one percent. We're seeing the, the greatest individual baseball league in the world just based on talent, acquisition, and funding, yeah. and visibility, and things like that. And um, while the means to get it is something I, I dislike, and everything that some of the other things about the sport I really dislike, and I'm gonna um, to me, baseball is kind of just. Some, something I, 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 that that seemed to always attract me, even when I kind of turned my head to other things. Um, it has a great history, and it's just something that is very appealing to me in terms of there's so many new things that always happen, and just the success is so exciting, whether it's pitching or hitting and things like that, and just the game and within the game and be able to understand things and very nuances of the game. Now it's just. I'm 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 attached to the game now. Uh, like I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah, it does. That's play you that's know. A great way that's a that's a really cool answer that I never really thought about. With saying that, like you're looking at some incredible athletes who are playing a sport in which, at best, they succeed thirty percent of the time. Like that's kind of a re- that's a really interesting framing of baseball. I never really thought about because you're right. I mean, like. The best, the best hitter in baseball, is failing sixty-five, seventy percent of the time, just about, which is which is wild because you're not going to get that in a lot of other sports where like you're failing so often and you're like the best. Right, and, and so, the thing that's, is, that's cool. Just I like that. that. And sports like um, football and basketball and hockey, things like that, your best player can take all the shots. Right, and your right. best player can guard the best player on the team. Your best player can affect so many different facets of the game if he's that good. Just like if he's equivalent to who these guys are in baseball. When in baseball, you only can do so much in the player appearances you get. You only can do so much on the balls that are hit your way, and you only can do so much on the base fast also. Yeah. So I mean that I mean that just makes them even more compelling. It's not even just for the stars, for baseball players in general. For the average players, the yeah. average players, the above average players, etc. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I love that, that kind of game dramatic to me. Yeah, I, I I have always loved that like 
less skilled players can be heroes in baseball in a way that they can't really in other sports. Like the prime example I think of it is just because it's recent memory is Brett Phillips last year with the Rays hitting, you know, that, that walk off like that in, in a, in a basketball game, you're giving your final shot to your best player in uh, or in hockey, same thing in baseball, you know, in, in hockey and basketball or whatever, Brett Phillips doesn't happen. Brett Phillips is on the bench because, you know, he, he, we don't need him with two seconds left on the clock, but in baseball it happens. And that's kind of, it's this like beautiful underdog story that is just so heartwarming. And again, and you know, really the exception rather than the rule, because more often than not, the bad players are not going to do great, but sometimes they do. And it's just this beautiful thing. So yeah, that's, that's cool. That's a great answer. I love that. Yeah. That's a good one. So, yeah. Um, what are some of your earliest memories with baseball? I know you talked a bit about CC earlier. Um, so I went to my first game, two thousand one. Um, but my earliest memory of baseball was um, going to some games early as a kid. When I really first got into baseball was when I was in the second grade. I got in trouble and I got to spend around school and I had to make up. I had to do a makeup assignment and my mom and me wrote a book report on Satchel Page. And after that. Um, after I did a book report and presented it and everything like that, that's when it kind of started. It's kind of interesting that I'll come in full circle with me doing articles yeah, on yeah. black players that's, in the modern. Yeah, game. yeah. You're kind of doing a bunch of book My reports. Peers, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So shout out to yeah. moms, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, thank cool. you. that's dope. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, I then, I had to do um, a book report on a baseball player when I was a kid too. I did a book report on Larry Walker for some reason. I have no idea why. I don't remember why I did it, but yeah. But anyways, no. Continue. Yeah, your early your early memories of baseball. So um, after that, when CC got traded, I was sad, and you know when they kind of started rebuilding, then they got Mike Brown, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then um in that trade and and then I, my baseball attention to baseball kind of waned uh, i was more focused on movies and books and comics and right. stuff in that page and then um when jose ramirez was one dollar popped up in 2015 and 2016 and everything they did what they did in that time span that brought me back to baseball and also when i was in the huge changes of life i graduated from high school in 2016 and um i was gonna study abroad in china right after i got done with high school so just to keep up at home i'm I'm keeping up with baseball in china so i'm seeing precious and mentor grow into the players that they're going to grow into and i kind of brought me back into the game mm. as i was also getting ready to go to college later that year so yeah. yeah yeah no so it's on the it's on the record now this is number the second time i think out of 15 episodes, I'm not the youngest person on this pod. So I'm usually, I know. I'm and I feel, and I feel extraordinarily <laughs> old. No, you only got, insane. I've only got, I've only got a couple of years on you. I was born in 95, but, um, have you been to, um, uh, uh, how many ballparks have you been to? And do you have any favorites? Um, major league, minor league, whatever. I mean, you don't have to like actually count them. Just um, about some of your favorites. Well, I like regressive field a lot, actually. Um, but no, um, I've been to Greenwich Field. I've been to Monty Valley's Ballpark, um, Lake County. I've been to Akron and Columbus. I've been to um, Pittsburgh. I've been yeah, to. Pittsburgh uh, comes uh, oh, Pittsburgh yeah, Ballpark! Beautiful. White, 
Yeah, it is. And plus, it's right by Youngstown. Pittsburgh is three hours away from Youngstown. So we, we, we just won oh. one day. Huh. Um, so I went to White Sox also. That's it. I so do you have a, a favorite? Lot, is, prog- yeah. is Progressive your favorite of all those fields? Or do you have a. Yeah, a different... it's my favorite since it's my favorite team. Yeah. Do you yep. have a favorite like spot there? Food, drink, whatever. So like something you always get when you're at a um, Cleveland game. Not really. Oh, I really don't have anything like that. I kind of switch it up a lot. Um, yeah. So that's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. Um, so moving on. Breaking news. Uh, something something has happened to, to Rob Manfred. We don't know what it is. What? Um, what are you talking about? Something has happened to Rob Manfred, but... Uh, he has requested that as of as of tomorrow, Pat Ellington is named the commissioner of baseball. Oh, uh, you had me for so, a second. Yeah, I was just like, what's so, I'm like getting on Twitter, like, wait, something so, happened around man. So if you if you were to be named commissioner of baseball tomorrow, uh, what is the first thing you do? Um, first thing I'll do is. Raise the minimum salary of MLB players. Raise the MLB salary of minor league players. Uh, make make minor league players unionize and stuff like that. Mostly, just related to player conditions. Yeah, good labor. Guy. And also the recruitments. And also, um, make sure I hash out a a, a J two signing or posting system for Cuban players. Also, so that shopping mm. system stops. Right. And so they can also be safer and they can also go back home because they can't go back home. But that's also due to the blockade and everything like that. Which that yeah, illegal blockade right. That's a whole other thing. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. So you get it just so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, those are great. Especially the <laughs> great man, set especially, of Especially after all the talk of, um, you know, that's been happening, I guess it was like, what, last week that photo started going around Twitter of the meal, minor league, some minor league players. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. We're getting, like, and also make home. I feel like MLB teams should be providing at least food and shelter for these people. Absolutely. Absolutely. The billionaires yeah. that own those and teams, they that, can't man. do that. Yeah, like. Like, you don't want your product to be in the best condition that they can by having a, a great place to eat and sleep and all you in the yeah. corners. I mean right. it's kind of ridiculous, you know, that how the lack of it, it just please just sacrifice the short term profits from the minor league and just invest. I understand. Just throw some money at it, please. It's gonna be better for every all parties involved to be throw some money at it. Just to cop the people improve everything. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember reading a story a couple like when Vladdy when Vladdy Jr. was still in the minors about how he had like his grandma on the road or something like that with him like making him meals, which and it was presented as as this kind of like you know cute human interest story and it's sort of like, wait, you're telling me that you've got you know the best 19 year old baseball player on the planet, and you're making him make his freaking grandma come on yeah. trips with them so he doesn't have to eat your stupid cheese sandwiches or whatever you yeah. give them on your $10 stipend. It's just like, it is really mind blowing how, how uncounterproductive it is in, in the long term. But then again, I guess these owners are not people who are used to, um, taking short-term losses. I don't know. But <laughs> that's, no, that's, no, a, no, that's yeah, a very good, it's, a very it's good. It's funny because it's one of the scandals. 
there's so many scandals right now with minor league players, and you know, um, Bradford, Bradford, uh, uh, William Davis. Um, oh yeah, we had him on. Was, we had him on about a month ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you put you pointed out, you know, all the different things that are going on at Mount Vernon, the um, foreign substance thing, you know, <laughs> that thing will be has on his hands. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I want to I want to move forward to uh, the sort of the final section of the podcast where we kind of talk about the okay. more, I don't know, random stuff. It's not even necessarily baseball focused. But first thing we are going to ask you, it is what we call the order of operations trifecta in which we are going to ask you three things. And we want to know the order in which you do those three things. The first thing we're going to ask when you get, get dressed. Do you put on your socks or your pants first? Socks. Interesting. That's in the that is in the minority. Most people do pants first. Why why socks first? That's weird. I, I feel like putting <laughs> socks first on just makes more sense. Just from um, with how with how with how clothes work. <laughs> Interesting. You know, funnily enough, I can't really even argue with that. Like. <laughs> No, I, I, I think this is good pants defense. First. I just, if it yeah. feels no, if it feels right, it feels right. You know? I mean, pants <laughs> go over socks. I mean, I'm, in a I way, put my socks on first. I can get it. I can get it. I can understand it. No, I like it. Like like Zach said, there have been good defenses for for both. In my like, we've had we've had people say socks first. We've had people say pants first, and I think both make sense depending on the person. I think the majority, yeah, the majority say pants first as kind of like a natural thing. The people who go socks first usually have like kind of tight clothing as the rationale, where it's like if you're wearing mm-hmm. like leggings yeah. or really tight jeans or something, then it makes more sense to put on the socks first. But like, no, I, I don't think I could give a justification for like me going pants first other than just being like, that's what it feels like. That's you know? just what I do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what I do. So I respect that. So um, number two on the order of operations trifecta uh, is milk and cereal. When you're eating the two, if you do eat the two, which comes first? I don't eat cereal. Easy answer. Oh, you're a no cereal guy. That's cool. That's cool. That. Okay. You're the first one person we've had who doesn't eat cereal, but that's, um, I'm actually kind of surprised it took that long. Cause cereal is like, yeah, actually. Yeah. It's not like literally everyone eats cereal. I'm surprised. Um, all right. So the last one, when you brush your teeth, Hmm. Uh, water or toothpaste first? Toothpaste and the water. That makes sense. Yeah. Toothpaste and water to seal the toothpaste on the toothbrush. Well, that is the water on the toothbrush. Then I do the toothpaste. Then I do the water. Okay. So. Yes. That is the that perfect is the way to do it. That is the correct. We've been waiting for that for several weeks. Thank you. Now. That's 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 how Thank it needs you. to be done. Yes. That is you exactly. You you now. win. You win the podcast. You've won. <laughs> that was the secret answer. You've won the podcast. Um, <laughs> Shag and flies is just over so, now. That's yeah. It. <laughs> so, uh, so, you are a film guy, so I think this this question hopefully will be right up your alley. Do you have a favorite and or least favorite baseball film? Ooh, um, my favorite baseball film is 42. My least favorite, ah. baseball, film is Legend of, my, my least favorite baseball film is The Legend of uh, Bagger Vance. The Legend of Bagger Vance. I never thought of that as a baseball movie. But, huh? I don't know that movie at all. Was that a baseball movie? I think that was. It, it, it may be. I've never uh, seen that was, it. That I've was heard of it. 
Is this one of those like? Is it a baseball movie? Is it, okay. So Wikipedia says I'm I'm totally unfamiliar with with this film that you're speaking oh, it's of. Oh, yeah, it's a golf. Golf. It's a golf. I'm sorry. Okay. I was golf. I'm tripping. It was a golf movie. Okay. <laughs> That's all good. I was I'm saying, like, oh, really? I was gonna say it says a was. sports film. I don't know baseball. There's a, there's a baseball film that's like I can't remember what it was. Um, I'm tripping. I'm going confused right now. But these are a baseball film. Um, you don't have to have a I'm not I sure. was going to say, also, like, if it's not that good, you probably don't remember. That's Yeah, that's fine. But 42, <laughs> so I'm curious. So yeah. 42 is your favorite baseball film. What What is it about 42 that you really like? Um, to see um, a Jackie Robinson biopic, since Chad Biles went R.I.P. to him, um, that was really good. And he's kind of done a lot of legends over the years, and he's a really good actor. And also, Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's great. And also... Um, Spike Lee had wanted to do a a, a, um, a Jackie Robinson biopic, and I think with Denzel as Jackie Robinson, they didn't get put through. It felt oh, through. Man. So to see that, that would have been really something. Cool. Yeah. Oh my god, that would have been really good. No, forty forty two solid. Really I I enjoyed it. It's um, have you ever seen the Jackie Robinson story, like the movie from the forties or whatever, when or fifties? No, it was whenever Jackie Robinson came into MLB, he did a movie about himself that he was in or he didn't do the movie. There was a movie made about Jackie Robinson and Jackie Robinson starred in it. And it's like, it's the most awkward. It's well-intentioned, but it's the most awkward movie because Jackie Robinson is not an actor like at all, (laughs) like great baseball player, not a good actor. And he is, he is obviously very much in it, but they drew uh, from what I remember 42, they drew a little bit from that movie and put it in 42. But I agree, Chadwick Boseman. So I've never seen Jackie Robinson. You should, you should watch it. It's like, like I said, it's not exactly okay. a good movie. It's it's worth seeing because it's kind of cool to see um, Jackie Robinson in, in like in a film. It's kind of neat. It's like on, uh, it's on like yeah. it's on all the streaming stuff. You know, Amazon Prime, Stars, all that stuff. But um, yeah, Jackie Robinson plays himself. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's like any other famous people in it. Okay, I don't think wait, there are. So they had Ruby D played played his wife, which had oh. to be a little. I feel like maybe a little awkward for the real life Rachel Robinson. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I I don't know Ruby D that well. Oh, uh, she was in. I know her from Raisin in the Sun. Oh, was, Raisin in the Sun. Hmm. That's right. That's right. She was in. That's right. She's, I totally remember. She's one of the greatest um, actresses ever. She's she had a really long career. Oh, I totally, yeah, I totally forgot about. It. Yeah, she played Jackie Robinson's wife. <laughs> Just sort of like he gets to play himself, and he gets the movie star to play his wife. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Seems so. Uh, moving on. Next, completely random question. Yes. Um, so, I was going to ask if you have a non favorite non baseball athlete. I'm going to guess that might be LeBron being a Cleveland guy. I don't know. Yeah. yeah see, absolutely. I feel like we probably ended up growing up on the opposite side of uh, quite a few <laughs> different playoff series. <laughs> uh, where are you from? I'm in, I'm in Chicago. I've got, I've got a Derek Rose fat head on my wall behind me. And I, uh, it's funny. I was talking to someone oh about God. LeBron yeah. earlier. Cause wait, it's wait, like, wait, wait. I, turn back, please. Turn back, yeah, please. yeah. Turn back. That's disgusting. <laughs> It's, hey, I moved in here. I moved in here when I was twelve, man. It was, it was, it was the wave at the I mean, time. 
No, that's no, no. I hate the Chicago Bulls. So <laughs> Man. I hate, so, I hate Joakim Noah so much. That's what you know. Joakim Noah. Oh, <laughs> ben, man. have you ever seen the famous the Joakim Noah Cleveland video? I I don't do, think do I have. Think? No, I don't think I have. Oh. So this is like part and parcel of like the 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 modern culture of like sitting on Cleveland. You know there's, I'll, I'll, yeah, you know, no, I'll put I it in the chat. Joakim Noah is the personification of that. <laughs> Joking Noah, the Bulls, the Bulls were playing the Cavs in the first round of I want to say like the 2009 playoffs or something like that. And I remember this was when I was yeah, really I like, I this is I think Derrick Rose's like second year it was the year before he he won the MVP and turned into like a real superstar. Um, so the Bulls were like the it seven or eight seed going it was against rookie year, I think. Yeah. Oh no! It would have been his second year because his rookie year was against uh, Boston. It had a crazy series. Oh yeah, it was Boston. the second year. Oh. Yeah, it uh, was the second year because he won every third year. Yeah, and oh, so this is this would have been like oh nine. But anyway, so the Bulls are playing Cleveland in the first round, and this is like the one seed, the last Mike Brown Cavs team, I think that. Uh, mm. Um, I think this is, might be the last one before he goes to Miami. But the Bulls are getting crushed in the first round, and Joakim Noah is in his post game presser, just like. And someone asked him, like, you know, what are you doing? It's like, it's Cleveland. There's nothing to do. Are you, do you like it here? Do you regret anything that you said about Cleveland? Not at all. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. I mean, what's so good about Cleveland? <laughs> do, you, do you have fun? Nobody goes to Cleveland says. And have fun. It's it's it's, 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 it's oh, a to go on vacation. Dude. That's what I'm saying. That's, That's what, what I was like, it's, it seems like an okay place. I don't know what Joakim was on that particular day, but it, see, it's the first thing. If you type in Joakim Noah into YouTube, Joakim Noah Cleveland is the first thing that pops up. So. That is so funny. I remember, man. I remember yeah. when um um. That just for some reason reminded me of the uh, in baseball uh, the when the Orioles and the Royals were up against each other in the ALCS. Oh right, that was the thing. After that, they, yeah, I know, right? Um, game after game three, the the Orioles got swept, and after game three, uh, the Royals were basically acting like the series was over and we've won, and they all showed up to the press conferences in T-shirts. That said, those O's ain't royal, and we're just like, oh my god! It was the just the the hubris was just so gross. And the thing that really first hurt of me all, that pun, whoever came up with that pun, needs to go to jail. Well, yeah, but the thing that hurt me personally is one of those people who showed up in that T-shirt was Jeremy Guthrie, <laughs> and Jeremy Guthrie was like. You know, the Orioles have never been that good, but Jeremy Guthrie was like our ace basically for like five or six years in the 2000s. Like he was he was a big ace. part of the Baltimore Orioles. By ace, I mean he was our number one starter. He was, he the was number not one that pitcher. good. He was not that good, but he was our number one starter. And he was he was a big, big part of the Orioles for like five or six years. And then for him to do that, just ugh. I still have a sour taste in my mouth about the Royals, but anyways, I will have definitely have to watch that video. That's hilarious. I I never heard about all that. That's crazy. Um, all right, Pat, I, I have a question for you, and I'm excited because I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to get a good answer. We'll see, and it's okay. No pressure if the, if we don't. But have you 
ever seen a ghost or had some kind of experience that kind of made you go like, you know, something that you couldn't explain? Or have you ever had some sort of like out-of-body experience? Something weird. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Tell me everything. Tell me all every detail. There is no detail um, that is too small. <laughs> Go. I think there was. A, I think there was just something that was just messing with the door in the room I was in when I was in college. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, like in my first room, my sophomore year door um, at Morehouse. Oh, word! You were down there. So um, would it just yeah, like open and shut? Like... Yeah. Yeah, no, word. it would just. I... Um, it would. Yeah, it would open and shut every now and then. That's so weird. Just by itself, like just it would just open and shut. Yeah, I feel like that's the most honest kind of ghost story, though, because we whenever we yeah. ask this question, we want to see like, oh yes, like I saw the specter of you know Babe Ruth come to me in my sleep. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but no, it's like the most. I feel like most ghost stuff is like totally mundane. Like I saw I saw a ghost the other day, and I was walking I was walking down the street, um, and I was walking past this park, and there's like a kid play area in the park with like a sprinkler or whatever, kind of like concrete just for toddlers to run around in the water or do whatever. And there was one of those little, you know, those little toy cars that are like, you know, you run inside basically to make it move. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm walking down the street and one of those cars is just like spinning in a circle by itself. And there's like, no, there's no wind. There's no nothing. I'm kind of like, it's just spinning in a That's circle. Wild. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Word. Like it's a ghost. I just minded my own business. <laughs> And kept on going, and I feel like that's you know that those are the honest, the honest ghost stories of the world. So um, that's wild. Keep... So so was that? So was the door opening and shutting like was that like freaking you out, or was it just something you're like, oh, there's the ghost again? Well, I, I thought it was. I first thought it was a wind current, but it would happen when the window was closed. So, so you just learn to yeah. learn to deal so, with it. Right? <laughs> you just live with it. I mean, it, I mean that's how it really did for real. I mean, it was there was no really other issues like. I know, like it would move stuff out of people's rooms and stuff. But, I mean, it was no big deal for me. That's yeah. why I actually kind of love that. I feel like DJ had sort of a similar story. We had um, we had DJ Short on, and he told a story about like there was a ghost that lived in what he says was a relative's house, his grandmother's, grandmother's place, like and basically they just he, it was the sound of somebody walking up the stairs and then setting stuff down upstairs, and they just kind of, were kind of like, oh yeah, that just happened. Like <laughs> we're just like yeah, cool. We just learned to live with it. That's I love that. That's kind of That's hilarious weird. to me. Yeah, it's yeah, really. Oh man, his story got really weird because he told us twice. He and his brother, I think it was. They right. was a brother. The uh, someone I think it was his brother. They stayed up late at night. They're like, we're gonna see this ghost, and they straight up like literally saw a thing, like a ghost walk up the stairs. And they just twice they stayed up late just to see it, just like, oh, and okay. and they were just kind of like, oh, cool, and like that was like would have terrified me. That's crazy. They were just like, oh, neat. Uh, there's that ghost. <laughs> just crazy. So keeping keeping with the theme of of the supernatural, um, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, let me think about it. What would it be? I'm not sure. Um, probably. Um, Probably uh, uh, invulnerability, like Superman or something like that, where I can't yeah. really be on. It's like invincibility. Yeah. Or, yeah. Utility. No, or omnipotent or something like that. 
<laughs> that's a good one. That's good. It makes sense. Yeah. That would be the most useful, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking about that a little. Like, what? Superpower? I, I'm just thinking, like, what would that, like, where would, I guess, like, the, the function come in? You know, like, I, I, like, it would be useful, but I'm saying, like, would it be, would you just, like, not die? I don't know. I'm not oh, like asking this question yeah. to you specifically. Oh, I'm just like well, trying to. I was, I'm just I was like, trying to picture what would happen if I was just like you know if that were to happen like what would I be doing you know. I was I was thinking of it more as like the Man of Steel kind of thing like your your body is invincible not necessarily that like you literally cannot die but like your body is made of steel basically <laughs> which I guess is pretty close to the same thing I don't know I don't know how does the anatomy of Superman work Zach. Do you not know? I'm not. The, you don't know these. I'm things? not the comic. Okay. I'm not the comic. I, I, yeah, um, that, that's very true. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of cut off guard right now. I really have my mind on comic books. I got you. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. That's fine. Um, yeah. So we'll let's let's move on. If next question for you, and this will be the second last question. We got two more questions, and then the last thing, the full count, which will be fun. But second cool. last question: If you could see a live performance from any musician ever, who would it be? Janet Jackson. Oh, interesting choice. Why Janet Jackson? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 I changed my mind. Sade, Sade. Sade, even even cooler. I like that. All right, so why Sade? Um, I really like um, the band as a whole, whether it be um, singer, lead singer, Shada, who's in that band's name that her backing group. They're, they're really excellent in their own right, and the songwriting is great as well. And she also signed a great live, so I would like to see that. Yeah, I bet. I bet that would be a good show, actually. I never, that's that's a great choice. I love it. So they haven't done anything live in a while. I would oh, God, it's probably been, yeah. probably been a while. I, yeah, I have no idea. I haven't really, I haven't really kept up with Shade <laughs> for a long time. Um, um okay last question that is a good one. last question before we move on to Ooh. the final 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 section um what is you so you've been writing a whole lot uh you've been writing a long time what is I mean, one I've, of been the most, a, I've been writing a long time but i've really been oh you took my writing in general i'm sorry I'm hey, you just you've been writing you've you writing yeah. has been a big part of your life for a long time what is one of the most yeah, important absolutely. lessons what is one of the most important lessons that you've learned about writing? Um, you got to keep going. You know, on days when you feel bad, that's what kind of makes you professional. You know, um, like I, I may feel bad as a writer, but I'm still have to be able to put out good pieces. And I'm doing so. So I mean, it's just kind of going through that. You know, when the process kind of gets mundane, or you're burnt out, or you're tired, or um, you just uh, a certain art you're working on isn't, isn't kind of getting is not seeing any growth and it's kind of carrying with you in your other assignments and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, for me, I, I'm, I'm kind of new to this still, um, and I have no background in communication. So I'm still kind of learning and getting my feet wet and just taking one, one, uh, arc at a time. Yeah. yeah no, that's, I mean, that's great though. That's yeah. I can't tell you how I mean, many if, times I've been in that if, situation. Yeah. And if there's a common theme I'm noticing to all of, we've had now like what 14 different guests on this and everyone seems to just kind of fall into this like half accidentally, you know, no one's like, yeah, everyone's always kind of just making it up as they go along. It seems. And then it's, um, I know then it turns out, turns out you're good at it and people, people read yeah. your stuff. Um, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, 
it's it's interesting. I love that right. that lesson because it's it, it. There have been so many days. I do uh, as my my day job. I is as a healthcare journalist, and man, there have been so many days where like I've got to write an article and I just don't feel like it. I really do not feel like it, and you just got to push through. Sometimes you just got to push through that, and sometimes it's just gonna it's gonna kind of be a bummer, but you'll get through it. So on to the full count. The full count is uh, we're going to ask for a recommendation in each of five categories. The one thing I always preface this with is whatever. It does not have to be something obscure or anything like that. It can be something obvious. It can be obscure, whatever you want. I've always said the first thing that pops in your head is the answer that I want to hear. So with that in mind, very first category is books. What is a book that you would recommend? House this can leaves. include like comic books and stuff too, but mm, yeah, for the record, so House of Leaves. Oh no, House of Leaves. Oh man, the uh, I lost um, it um, did you say House of Leaves? House of Leaves. Yeah, yes. the uh, Mark Mark Danielewski book. Is that is that what it is? Yeah. I'm not familiar with it. Oh, it is, dude. Horror, it's horror a wild book. book. It's a. It's kind of a. Would you call it a horror book? Kind of. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. horror book. It's about yeah, so it's, it's, it's been book. it's been over a decade since I've read it. I have it. It is okay. a really I'll, I'll, I'll weird book. No, no, it, no, no, Pat, tell me about it. Oh yeah, tell tell him about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll hear, hear since I've read it. You tell yeah. me. Tell me. So this guy who's a tattoo artist um buys a house and the house has a labyrinth under it, and he's also kind of losing his mind and. Is in we're in the, in the midst of relationship issues and mental issues and stuff like that also. Mm-hmm. So the people around him and a whole bunch of people get lost down there and try to kill each other and collaborate and go crazy and try to find his way out. And what makes it look different is um, he'll use the pages like he'll he'll put the words in certain ways in order to kind of illustrate what's going on and stuff like that. And it's very. Very, very weird and different, but it worked, makes so much sense and yeah. has so much more depth and texture to the book. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely kind of a visual uh, thing too, because of how the words are placed or the this the way it looks. It's definitely not a book you should ever get on a Kindle. <laughs> definitely a book you have to have yeah. a physical book. He also he Mark Danielewski also did this book um, that I own but still haven't gotten around to reading called Only Revolutions which is a really fascinating concept. Each page, half of it is right side up, half of it is upside down. And you can start the book at any point, and the book is a circular story from beginning to end. You just you get to the end of the book, you turn the book upside down, and then continue reading. And it's the, the dude does all these kind of weird, strange things, and it's really fascinating. But yeah, House of Leaves is a good call. That was everybody, when yeah. I was in high school, in like 2000, 2007, 2008, everybody was reading that. Everyone that was, was reading it. It was all over the place. But yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a I, great choice. I love it. I, yeah, I love when, when they do people do that with their writing and bring visual and just other elements into it. I'm, yeah. I'm reading a book right now called... Um, wayward lives beautiful experiments by sadia hartman and she does some similar stuff too with like kind of spreading photographs in the backgrounds of pages and having text run over it and stuff like that mm. i don't know it just brings out like a whole other 
creative dimension into writing like kind of yeah you you would probably dig house of leaves if you if you like horror it is it is horror but uh interesting interesting. so um that's a good one i'm gonna check that out uh having not seen it so recommendation number two of five is food of any kind restaurant ingredient meal whatever what would you recommend um steak and lobster Mm, steak and lobster. Any particular, uh, any particular place you like to get a steak and lobster from? Um, I don't know. Um, with Chris, has a really good one. I'm a huge surf and turf guy. I, that's like my go-to whenever I'm at a really fa- like fancy lake where it's going to be a crazy bill anyway. So I might as well go off or right. something like that. If you're going to you know, get wet, like, you might yeah. as well go. Swimming. I mean. See, I do serve a turf at, at the steakhouse at the hibachi place. I mean, at the hibachi, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. That's a good. No, one. that's a, that's a great choice. I I love that. Um, all right, next category. Uh, we talked a little bit about this, but what movies and or TV? What is a movie and or TV show that you would recommend? Um, movie would have to be Heat by Michael Mann. TV show would be The Wire. The Wire. Wire. Yes, that's my favorite TV show of Uh, all time. Brilliant show. The Wire is the greatest TV show in the history of the entire medium, in my opinion. Absolutely. 100%. Could not agree more. The Wire is so, so well written. It's good enough that you don't even think about how off the rails the fifth season is, and it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Like It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter, no. (laughs) It is such a good show. Oh, my God. Perfectly casted, just brilliant. I need, I need to rewatch it. It's it was so good. Um, yeah, great choice. Yeah. Great, yeah, two great choices. Love those. Yeah, this Wire series three is the greatest season in the history of television. I would contend. But um, okay. Also, we talked about music quite a bit. But if you had to recommend anything music related, what would it be? Um, the Price of Tea in China by Baldy James. Hmm. And oh. Oh, did you say uh, what was? Oh, oh, oh the, I know this guy. Um, did you say Baldy James. The Price of Tea in China by Baldy James and the Alchemist. Yeah. Oh my God, great! The Alchemist is, dude. The Alchemist is fantastic. Yeah. Oh man, he makes these great, um, these great beats. He's done a lot of stuff. Um. Oh man, yeah, he's done a lot of stuff the past few years. <sighs> I remember the one I know him from is um, Rare Chandeliers, the project he did with um, Action Bronson back in like twenty twelve. Oh, yeah. Not he did um, the Alchemist, didn't he? Also, he was in what was it? Uh, Lord Steppington, that album, Lord Steppington. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know if you. Uh, that was a no, great. That was a good album. Um, <laughs> and he did. Uh, oh, he did Alfredo with Freddie Gibbs. That's that's that the, was the other one. one. Yes, that's what I was really trying to of. That was a really good one. He has a lot of projects, a lot of great bridges, a lot of great rappers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he also raps, so no, yeah. Boldy James, Boldy James, Boldy James is very good. And Boldy James and the Alchemist, Price of Tea yeah. in China. Really solid album yeah. uh last year. That's a great choice. I love that. That yeah. totally caught me by surprise. That's a good one. Everyone should Thank definitely you. check that one out. All right. Um, so final category, uh miscellaneous. This can be anything from your life. That you would recommend this can be an activity a uh, a practice a a location literally a gadget literally anything from your life 
that you would recommend someone else do? Uh, again, it. like I said, oh, you have it. Go, go. Minor league baseball. Minor league baseball. Yes, <laughs> that's great, great choice. Why minor league baseball? It deserves more visit. Mm. Things like that. Absolutely, it's better for all. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's so much fun. I've actually. Oh no. Oh, we lost them. So close. Oh, we're so, so close. close. We're so close. Um, Come back. <laughs> there we go. So close. Welcome back. <laughs> That's all good. No, you know what? We're we're just wrapping up now. But no, minor league baseball. Yeah, we're almost there. We're almost. We're there. almost there, man. We're almost there. <laughs> minor league baseball. Minor- Great choice. Yeah, minor league baseball. baseball. Everyone yeah. should, wherever you are, there's probably a minor league team near you, and you should go see them play because it's going to be cheap. It's going to be inexpensive for you to go, and it's going to be fun. They just, they're always so much great. fun. I do. So before we wrap up, I guess we lied. I have one more question, um, and then we will for real. Wrap okay. Up. So, right. um, which of these, this is food related. Um, which of these two concepts, things that people do with food, sounds weirder oh or okay. more appalling to you? A pickle on a hot dog or crab dip on french fries? Can you repeat the question? You kind of breaking up when you guys. Sorry first. there. So I got everything else. People do these things to food. And I need you to tell me which one you think is weirder. Putting a pickle mm-hmm. or a pickle spear specifically on a hot dog or putting crab dip on french fries um probably crab dip or french fries but i feel like the crab crab dip or french fries would taste better than a pickle on a hot dog there you go there you go yes crab dip on french fries is delicious <sighs> like i've, I've seen i've seen a pickle dog. on a hot dog before I've seen a picture in a hot dog before, actually. So what Zach is alluding to is... I it may be a Midwest thing. It's a, it's a Chicago <laughs> thing. You are, I, I've, I've given Zach a bunch of crap okay. for the Chicago-style hot dog, which includes not only a full dill pickle spear, but also tomato wedges and celery salt. Okay, like the wedges are perfect, it's like chopped up. You can't even tell it's a wedge. Still, you know, like. still, well, well, it slices away. Unnecessary, man. For, Thank for you. I don't want a whole hot dog, dog salad and only mustard, no ketchup. Yeah. Just all kinds of weird stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, okay. we do Camden Yards. Uh, at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. They do crab It's definitely weird, but I mean, but it sounds, it sounds <laughs> like it tastes better. That's a valid answer, actually. That's, that's a great, you know, one of on both sides. I mean, <laughs> But Chicago is a place where they make lasagna with crust. So, hey, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even going to argue that because, like, I don't even disagree with you. <laughs> oh my god! Well, anyways, <laughs> this is this man, is uh, we'll end um, we'll end this podcast on a positive note with you being right. The crab dip on French fries is delicious. Um, but anyway, seriously though, Pat, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It was a lot of fun yeah. to get to talk to you. Uh, and you were just you're just a joy and it was really cool so thank you so much yeah. for being here it was, it was yeah, a lot of fun you. I appreciate it man yeah man no problem at all thank you for we'll having see me. you I'm, around I'm, I'm really honored to be here yeah oh my god it's fun to have you here yeah man you'll be able to listen to the rounds again if you're ever in Chicago we'll slide on absolutely sure.